0: Welcome to the Outhouse.
1: It's like a confessional.
0: But without all the touching.
1: When did you actually come out? i not a mess. Dude, well, I got better. <laughs> <laughs> no, but
2: <please laughs> <it laughs>
0: Everything I had ever believed in. Well, on your marriage night, did you realize you were a
1: gay man? We are courageous people. Oh,
0: this is really good for us. Did you ever yell at your No, honey, we're sisters.
1: Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. And this is the outcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're gonna ask me, I'm excited.
0: Hey guys, you're about to hear another out story. We think you will enjoy it. The nature of our podcast deals with sexuality and some uncomfortable situations. We think this makes the stories authentic, personal, and relatable. As for editing, we try our best to keep as much of our guest story as possible. With that said, thank you and enjoy the episode.
2: It up a little bit. My parents could be Tahitian immigrants.
1: Oh, (laughs) yes. (laughs) And you were adopted. (laughs) Something.
0: All right, welcome to the outhouse. I'm your host, Matt. With me is Erica as a host. Hi,
1: Hello, this is Erica.
0: And uh, today's guest is TC. Mm -hmm. And uh, sitting in with us is Todd. And we're going to first uh, get into TC's out story, and then we'll get into yours, Todd. So uh, thank you both for being on the show. Um, it means a lot. I'll cut that last part. <laughs> Is I, guess I'm the, I guess I'm the opening act. Is here, it running so. now? It's running now, yeah. We got that whole Trump conversation on tape. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Great.
1: Great.
0: <laughs> Let me spell my name and uh, my phone number for all of you supporters. <laughs> Full disclosure, let's, let's put this out there. This is TC, my husband. So I already know how you self-identify. Oh. <laughs> Please,
1: he's heterosexual.
0: What happens in the bedroom stays in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so for the audience, how do you uh, identify <clears> on <throat> the LGBT spectrum? Oh, kind of gay. Kind of gay? <laughs> yeah. All right. No, we're all gay. No. <laughs> I think what we're finding in, uh, in this season, two is how that question is less and less relevant. Um, but it's a nice marker to for the audience to kinda of get to know uh your point of view or where to start. Right. So how old were you when you realized you were gay? Wow. Okay, so and and actually
2: as early as in high school, uh I had fooled around with a couple of guys, but I thought it was just a thing. You know, fool around
1: like, make out. What kind of fool around? We want details.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, full on oral.
1: Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was, but I didn't, or they didn't, none of us really identified that we were we were gay. We were just kind of hanging out and it would happen and that was cool. Um, kind of opportunity. Yeah, just like, hey, I've got a boner, what, what are we going to do with it? You know, that kind of deal. So wasted. And then I went to, uh, um, I went to a uh, Christian university. And that really created some conflict.
1: And I think our listeners should know that TC grew up in, rural, in the South. In rural,
2: rural, rural... West Tennessee, yeah. Uh, my hometown, the whole county, we had thirty-five, 3,000 people. And so it was very small, you know. And everyone knew everyone's business, so you were, I was very protected. And the guys that we, we fooled around with, we were very protected about not, you know. I was just going
1: to ask that. I was wondering.
0: Yeah. So they're not going to come on the show? No. Okay. About what decade was um, high school or university? Oh, it was last century. Last century. So... Uh, <laughs> so technically, I guess that's true. <laughs> uh,
2: it was in the uh, late 70s. Okay. Because I graduated in uh, 1980. So, 78, 79, 80. Okay. There was some shenanigans going on. So you what led you to go to a, a religious university? Uh, Well, they offered a tennis scholarship, (laughs) so um, I needed uh, financial help, and uh, they offered uh, almost a full ride to come and play tennis. Uh, It was a uh, Southern Baptist school, and uh, I even went to a Christian counselor during that time because I knew I had these desires for these guys, and uh, that was a very interesting experience. Because I, you know, at the time I was still, I was very much struggling with it. And this Christian counselor, had a very much a very um, how would you describe? It? He was really in your face about it, and he would sit there and go, "So what is it about cock that you like? And what is this? And, and what is this? You know, he would just say very uncomfortable. But he said that was his. He wanted to try to make me un- more uncomfortable with it, so that I would, you know, uh, it was very interesting because I knew of other guys. At this university, who were dealing with the same thing, and they were almost all seminary students. Oh my goodness! Yeah, these you know, and you know, at, at that stage of life in the world, it was almost like we, as long as you get married, we don't care what you do on the side. Okay. You know.
1: So, did you in your high school days? Did you have a girlfriend? Did you go to prom with a girl? Yes.
2: Yeah. I mean, I went through the. You know, I even had sex with uh, a girl I was dating in high school,
0: and uh, keeping
1: up appearances.
0: Yeah, and I had sex with girls in college. Since you didn't identify as gay at the at that time, or didn't really have that conversation with yourself, it wasn't just for show, was it? I mean, were you? Dating girls with the intent
2: of—I uh, was trying to make myself fit into that role, and I was telling myself, I, "Not, I like the girls. Don't get me wrong. We had fun, and you know, and at that age, sex is sex, you know. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't—it wasn't a total masquerade. I, there were there were feelings.
0: And I, but, I don't. I felt like I kind of pointed you in that. that so I apologize for that. So. that's all right. Okay.
2: That's all
0: right. Everything was fine until my
2: senior year
1: of college.
2: Yes. Okay and uh i dreamed that that real fine line of <clears throat> not act, acting on my impulses i guess and i got really close with a one of the baseball players in college and one thing led to another we ended up hooking up and that lasted almost the entire senior year wow yeah we would get hotel rooms on the weekends Off campus and, you know, because I, uh, you know, just to try to keep it as far away from the campus. Because he had had a girlfriend, you know. I mean, he had a full own girlfriend.
0: I've never actually heard the details of this story. Well. I knew about the baseball player. Yeah. But in my mind, I thought it was just like a once or twice thing. I did not realize this was a full year. So, did you, I mean, did you start to develop feelings for this guy?
2: Well, I mean, we started, I think there was a... Starting to get, get a dependency that we were, we became very comfortable with each other to the point we had to watch ourselves on campus when we were around each other. Okay. If that makes sense. And, uh, but anyway, so that went through the entire year, and then we graduated, and I think we both went into this, well, okay, that was fun, but now we are out of college and we're going to go our separate ways, and this was just a phase.
0: So just cut it off. He where, where where did you go after college, and where did he go? Uh,
2: I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I think he went to Memphis because that's where her, his girlfriend lived. Okay. I stayed in Jackson that summer. Of uh, course, shortly after I graduated from college, I ended up meeting the girl who would be my <laughs> third fiance. So <laughs> yeah, um, I got you engaged. To... I got engaged engaged a couple of times uh, during college and they were very short lived. One uh, family, my first fiance they told her, they said they literally said, if you will not marry him we'll see you on a cruise. She took the cruise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so when you were dating these girls to the point you were engaged were you still having a little side dish?
2: No, no, no. no. So nothing after the, the baseball player. No, because we're current. Oh, okay. Uh, from from the time I graduated from high school, all through college, I didn't fiddle around with guys. It was strictly dating females.
1: And how long were you in counseling, as you would call it, or that you were seeing this counselor? Probably about a year and a half.
2: And then it just got to a point, A, I couldn't afford it financially. And I felt like I had a good grip on it, you know? I mean, I... I wasn't as forthcoming with him as I probably should have been, cause, But I, I felt I had control of
0: it.
1: Right.
2: Does that make sense? I felt like he, I developed enough coping skills, too.
0: When you were in these counselor sessions and you were at a religious university, did you feel like if you said too much, you would get kicked out?
2: Well, he was off campus. Okay. And you know, and it. And that was one of the things that I established when I went to him. I said, "I assume what I say here stays here." And I uh, he, like
0: this podcast, right? <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> but um, if it had been on campus, I probably would have been very more regarded, concerned, yeah. right? But he was off campus. He was uh, in there in Jackson, and he had no reason to violate that patient confidentiality. So,
0: so this brings us to the third. Fiance. Yes. Do, do you, so the, the one who took the cruise, was that the first one? Yes. What about the second one?
2: second one was a nursing student at the university I went to. Okay. And it was a mistake. I mean, she and I, we actually had pretty good sex. And she was just in that. I think, you know, she was a good Christian girl and, she, you know... We had done the dirty deed. So then the next step was, well, you.
1: Ring on the finger. Ring on the finger.
2: So we got engaged. And then I think, I would say within a month, we both were like, yeah, yeah, we're not, neither one of us were ready for this. That was my
0: junior year. So the sex was less hot. Yeah. Once you were engaged. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
1: Just like heterosexuals.
0: (laughs) The mystery's so, gone. So, so
2: after I graduated, and me and the baseball player went our separate ways, I started going to a new church, and this is where I met uh, the young lady who would end up being my third fiance, and the one I will tell you I had the most most developed feelings for. So that went on for a few years. I mean, dating. I kept thinking that somewhere along the line I would be able to push that experience I had as a senior behind me but I still had those finagling I would, you know looking at guys even when I'd be on a date with her and we'd be out to dinner I'd be like oh he's I was there to be thinking oh he's hot whatever so it got to a point uh, about two years into the relationship I thought, okay, you've got, to, you've got to figure some of this out somehow. Uh, At about the same time, my parents were going through a divorce, and uh, my dad was really struggling because he didn't know the first thing about keeping a house and balancing a checkbook and all those things. So I, had, I ended up taking a job back home. So I could move home and stay with my dad, and that was a perfect opportunity for me to in the in kind of in my relationship. The opportunity
1: kind of right. presented itself because
2: we were not engaged. We were not engaged at that time. And where were you guys we're living? Surviving. I was living in Jackson, and that and is lived, about an hour, about seventy minutes from Tiptonville. Okay from where, where my dad lived.
0: And there was no conversation about, oh, let's just keep it going. You were just like, I'm an hour away, we're done. Well, I just told her, I said, you know, I said, I'm gonna be moving back home.
2: I said, I'm taking a job that, I was taking, I took a job in a town called Martin, Tennessee, which was about an hour on the other side of Tiptonville from Jackson. Okay. So I was already gonna be doing that drive. She was younger. She had just graduated from high school. It just It just made sense. You know, okay. Uh, part of me just was—I still wasn't totally invested in the fact that I felt like I could be in a heterosexual relationship
0: permanently.
1: So you said that you were still interested in guys. You would look if you saw, you know, good-looking guy when you're out to dinner. Were you looking at porn or anything? Were you fulfilling that other desire in any no. Other way?
2: No, I mean, no. I was—I was playing a lot of tennis. <laughs> Yeah, I was working, playing tennis, dating her. And... Kind of
1: distracting yourself, would you say? Yeah, a little just bit. Or fill, f- fill filling that void. Your, yeah, I would say filling your time up with other.
0: Yeah. Do you think she had any clue? Were you showing? Sure, do you think you gave it away a couple of times that uh, you were interested in guys?
2: Well, I'd actually. That's, that's a good point. I'd actually about six, seven months into the relationship, she and I had had a, a conversation, and I was up front with her about that senior year. Affair. She's like, well, she goes, are you in court? And I said, so I just want you to know up front.
0: And that's a really big revelation to go from not telling anybody to, hey, by the way.
1: Was she the only one you've ever, that you ever told? Well, up until that point, has she been the only one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't
2: know, there again, if you you had, like I said, when I said that she was the one that had the most fully developed Feelings for mm-hmm. that kind of demonstrates that that you know there was just I wanted to try to be as honest with her as possible. Now that apparently there was a line because then I was not telling her that I was checking out guys sometimes when we would go out to dinner.
0: Well, that's where I'm saying, does she, do you think she kind of knew that since you had that in your past, right? That you know the the longer stare in that direction. Well, what is he looking at?
2: No, well, I, uh, I, I don't think I was obvious about it. You okay. know, I wasn't like sending my phone number over
1: to these guys. Be interesting to see what her perspective is now. <laughs> makes you wonder.
2: Well, she's now, she's, uh, well, she was married and she has four daughters, but then she and her husband are going through a divorce.
0: No, that's too bad. So, so you tell her? Um,
2: I tell, told her that, and she goes, oh, Art, "Is everything okay now?" I go, "Yes," because in my mind, in my mind, yes, it, it is okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've got a job. Got,
1: I'm doing this. I'm...
2: So, uh, which is interesting because then about and there, you go, I'm kind of fuzzy about the timeline. But at some point, someone in the church that we went to, one of the church ladies, found out that I had gone to a counselor for. Homosexual tendencies, as they refer to it, always one of these and old ladies, and they broke. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they broke their neck to get to uh, her mom. And how would they know? I mean, obviously, six degrees
1: of separation. There must have been somebody that knew something.
2: I don't. I don't know if my former counselor. I never saw him at the congregation. It was the same denomination. I never saw him, but I don't know. To this day, I still do not know how they found out. And apparently, when they went to her and her mother to say, you know, Terry, da-da-da-da-da-da, and they said,
0: yeah, we know. Well, okay, hold on. Um, Now, you told her that you had this going on. Did you tell her that you had gone to counseling
2: because I'm yes. thinking maybe
0: the source was her, and that she had to tell somebody who then went around and said, hey, I'm going to tell your parents.
2: Uh, maybe. She never owned up to it, but okay. but yeah, I did
0: tell her I'd, I'd gone to California. It seems a little more plausible, but whatever. That's neither right. here nor there, so mystery solved. Right.
1: <laughs> I don't know, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> it could still somebody else have saw him go in. You never Girl. know.
2: Right. Wow. Well, as I told Matt, I said, I love these ladies who will look where they would ruin your life in the name of the Lord, you know? And that was a typical. So, anyway, fast forward, I took the job uh, to move home to be with my dad. We broke it off. Okay. And.
1: uh, Do you think her parents were happy that you broke it off Um, a little bit?
2: Probably so. Probably so, especially her dad, because I don't think I was the. You know, he was a farmer and. I think his ideal of a good husband is a guy who doesn't go to college or who didn't right. go to college.
1: It's going to support his family on the land, right? Not a tennis, not a tennis playing college graduate with a marketing degree. That's
2: right, right with, with homosexual <laughs> tendencies. So uh... picture perfect.
1: <laughs>
0: Not to love.
2: So I moved to Tipterville and um, I did the drive for the job for about a year, year and a half. And got my dad at a good point in his life where he was managing things a lot better. So I ended up moving to Martin, Tennessee with my job. And that's about the time when I was diagnosed uh, with cancer. And she got brought in back into my life through that. Well, I mean, it sounds like she did care for you. Yeah, we, and we, st- we stayed in contact the entire time. I mean, we would, we would talk a lot, but we weren't
0: romantically linked. Were you, like, after a period of time back in, like, a friend zone yeah. with her? Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. And so then when I got, went through the diagnosis and then was going through all the surgery, she kind of, she, she was there for me. You know, she would go with me to doctor's appointments because Martin, uh, Martin was not too far from where she was living. And that continued on. And just before I went in for my second surgery, I got a hair of my ass and went and got an engagement ring and asked her to marry me. So
0: so wait, you guys were engaged before or you were
2: just no, dating? No, 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 okay, so, no. All right. No, no. We were never, we were not engaged until then. Is that clear? Yes. I, okay.
1: So, because she, you said originally she was young. She yes. had just graduated, so now was she just working or was she going to school or what? She was in she, community,
2: college community college and she was working,
1: you know, and I,
2: I think she was really enjoying her freedom, to be honest. It probably didn't help that we could continue to stay in touch. Right. You know. Because we we had a great relationship. She has a great sense of humor, and you she know,
1: sounds like she's probably almost like your best friend through that time.
2: She was very close to that, yeah. So we <laughs> went back to her house that night, and her mom was ecstatic. Her dad was like, "Oh fuck," you know, uh, this again. Uh, but anyway, so then I went through the surgery and recovery, and uh, we, of course, we were engaged, and wedding plans were getting made, and about. We were about three months from the wedding. No, four months because the invitations had
1: not gone out. Key fact.
2: I still couldn't put past my senior year experience in college. Just could not let it go. There was just something there. So I set her down and I explained to her that I did not want to ruin her life. And that's why I put it. I said, I don't want to ruin your life. And I was, I had had thought I would tell, I wouldn't tell her why. We were still, I don't want to bring her life, But she was taking a lot of this on, like, well, what did I do? Is there something I could change? And da, 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 da. And then finally I, said, I said, well, to be honest, I said, let me just be real honest with you. And I kind of explained to her, I, I was still struggling with those feelings about guys. And I said, it wouldn't be fair to go into this marriage not knowing 100%. I guess my coming out to her was the owning up that even entire during our entire relationship even though I had never acted on anything. Those thoughts had continued to be a part of my everyday life.
0: At this point, do you identify as gay? Oh, no. No. At
2: that point I was identifying as I've got to figure this out. Okay. You know, one way or the other. And so, I broke up with her. What back home, turned my notice into my job at Martin, and moved to Memphis. Because Memphis, I had I knew some friends, some gay friends. I knew some gay friends there in Memphis, and I thought, this is the only way I'm going to figure this out. And I've got to get away from everyone I really know. One way or the other, I'm going to, you know, either I'm going to go there and kind of go, yes, I am, or I'm going to go there and kind of figure out, no, I'm not.
1: You said that you had some gay friends in Memphis. How... Were these the guys you knew from high school or college or how did you know? Where did you know? Because if you're not acting on this, you're not going to bars. You're not. How did you know?
2: Well, two of the guys that I was close to in high school lived there. They both were gay. Uh, Had
1: they come out?
2: Um, well, I guess probably not. Well, closeted, but Closet Closeted, closet like, but we knew because they would come to Tiptonville and and I would see them uh, and I'd say, how's life in Memphis, and then they would tell me, "Girl, girl, yeah, this, girl, <laughs> that, <and> drag shows, <laughs> or whatever, and et etc." I was like, ah. Oh. And then the other person... You're
1: Arana, like, do worry, I'm at home. Baking
2: biscuits. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I tried to get a drag show started at the BFW Hinton in It just didn't work out. <laughs> but, uh, and then the other, the other person I knew that I had been in contact with was a former youth minister uh, at our Baptist church when I was in high school. He and his partner lived in Memphis. And actually, that's who I lived with when I first moved to Memphis. I called him and I said, hey, I I think I'm, I think I'm gay and da, 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 da. And of course, Walter was like, girl, you are gay, but yeah. Yeah, come out here and figure it out. (laughs) 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 And uh, so, yeah, so then I. um,
1: And what time period are we at? Kind of the late 80s? Yes. um, 89, 89.
2: At what point
0: do you come out when you actually say, okay, I am gay? Well, okay, so I don't think I ever made that
2: statement to my ex fiance. I think it was a gradual acknowledgement that after a certain period of time, after we broke up, because that's what she The one thing she said, she goes, Do me a favor, don't call me.
1: I was going to ask that. Were you still talking to her, having your little Sunday phone calls or anything? She
2: says, Don't call me. And so it was a couple of years. And finally, we I think we ran into, if I remember, either we ran into each other or I ran into a friend of hers and whatever, and, they, and I said, How's, how is, and they said, she's doing good. I said, well, tell her. I said, hi. And, and she was really good friends with uh, a couple that lived in Memphis, uh, my former tennis coach and his wife. Mm-hmm. And at some point, they reached out. They said, hey, we're going to be in Memphis and she's with us. Do you want to meet for dinner? It was really awkward at first, but then it got, you know... And
0: Do you remember where you ate? I know it's irrelevant, really, but I'm curious. Pizza Hut, maybe? Okay. Yeah, Pizza
2: Hut. I mean.
0: I'm mean, i just trying to envision if there is a scene coming up, what, what the uh, the ambiance was like. Oh, yeah. It's a really nice restaurant. Uh, or pizza Hut still had salad bar. Barry,
2: Barry <laughs> oh, who was uh, my Salibre. tennis coach. Went to the sizzler. Uh, <laughs> he and his wife were very into their church and their belief and their faith. They're the ones who actually brought it up. They said, so, what's going on? And, um... And so we had a, I said, well, I guess that's why I probably said, to guys, I figured things out and, you know, I'm, I'm, saying I'm liking my life now. I don't think I ever said I'm gay. I said, I'm liking my, I said, I'm comfortable with my life now. So I guess, you know.
0: So liking your life now makes me think, was there some unhappiness before with the, was there a struggle? Well, the, the, I
2: guess the point was there was no longer any struggling. I had accepted the fact that I was gay. So, there was no, no, it wasn't that internal conflict. Does that make sense? The double life. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, so.
1: And when he said he needed to figure things out, he did.
2: Oh. Yeah. No, I went out there. And, of course, even then, it was a, it was a lot to learn and a lot of things to figure out. And, um. But and so I didn't really didn't even really have to come back to my parents because after I moved to Memphis, uh, there was never any more talk about girls or girlfriends. Even though they would ask me every time they called me, "Well, have you heard from you know your ex fiance?" I'd go, "No, that's that's done."
1: Did they ask you, are you dating anyone? Are you seeing anyone? And I'd
2: say, yeah I said, I'm dating a little bit. I said, but no I've seen a lot of people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just kind of vague, though. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. very vague details. And when I, when I would go home, like for the
2: holidays, I would go home very, in, like Christmas, I'd go home Christmas Eve, and I would either leave Christmas Day or I would leave the 26th. So Why would, do
1: you think that is?
2: Well, because I was still trying to get comfortable in my own skin.
1: Were you afraid maybe they'd pick something up or something would slip
2: or... No, exactly. So it took a long time for me to get comfortable in my skin. And even then, you know, being gay was not a cool thing.
1: Right. You know. Did you dread going home or was it, no, I'm happy? Because I, knowing TC, if you know TC, he loves the holidays. He is over the top. Going back
2: home meant that I had to put walls back up. And that was... That's tough. It was tough because earlier when I lived there, I was better at it. (laughs) But after, you know, living on my own and being in Memphis and having a lot of gay friends and being relaxed about it, I'd have to go home and think, okay, I can't be acting out Donna summer in the living room in front of my parents or whatever the case, you know, would, would be.
0: So that, to me, I understand that because every time I go visit my dad, I have to put walls up. Even now, even now I'm out, he knows everything. Um, I still feel like I censor myself a lot.
1: Well, you kind so of go back to being that, that seven or eight-year-old. Yeah, but do you talk about it? Like,
0: do you, With my is dad? Is sex
1: a big thing? And I mean, is, and partners and all that?
0: Like, I mean, when I go home, I wouldn't think, you know, it's that, not like I said, oh, I'm dating this guy, and we're doing this, and we're doing that. It's just life. We don't talk about that stuff. You don't so, talk about, like, who you're dating? No. Oh, we're gonna, we'll get into we'll that. Get to that. By the way, welcome to the show, Todd. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I don't think he knew he could ask a question. So. Oh no! Please feel free to. Um,
2: not long after I'd had the conversation with Barry and the Pizza Hut, and yes. I felt even better about how where I was. <laughs> so I actually planned my first extended. Visit to Tiptonville. I was going to be there five or six days hanging out with my daddy and my brother and everything.
1: Can I ask real quick? So, you said your parents got divorced. Did you have a relationship with your mom? Because you talk a lot about going and helping your dad. Right. What was your relationship with your mother? Not
2: good that good. She uh, she cheated on my dad, and she screwed my dad over really badly during the divorce. And she actually, so she married the guy that she was having an affair with, and he had kids. And according to my brother, she really kind of cool. focused on those them kids. And, and. and she was, she was and of course, my brother and his wife and their kids lived in the same town. And he said they were, right after the divorce and after the, the marriage and everything like that, she wouldn't have anything to do with them for the longest this
1: time. Yeah,
2: that is so sad. So, I mean, I would still see her when I was there.
1: But you, you know? weren't close. You
2: didn't have a close relationship. No, I was close to her mom. Her My grandma was just hysterical. So anyway, so I planned a trip with Tipteville and I was a- hanging out with my daddy one, uh, one day and we're just right around his truck looking at crops and whatever, making small talk. And out of the blue, he goes, he goes hey, you know, by the way, he goes, you're my baby boy. And I will always love you. And there's not anything would ever happen that could change that. And I'm like, okay. You know, he goes, well, I just wanted you to know that. So I thought it was really kind of weird that he said that kind of out of the blue. So as soon as we got back, I went over to my brothers and my sister-in-laws. And I said, I said Daddy said the strangest thing. And I told him what he said. And my sister-in-law, Bobby, she goes, well... She goes, we actually had a conversation a few months ago. She said, because your dad was concerned why you were never coming home. And she goes, we kind of came to the realization that... You have a
0: lifestyle
2: that is different from here in Tiptonville.
1: Did your brother and sister in law know that, or did they, you ever tell them? I'm thinking it's a
0: small town. I think everybody yeah. knew yeah. at some point.
1: Well, I guess I was curious did you ever have a formal conversation?
0: Well, that
2: was what was. Within. Well, no, that was the that was a formal conversation where I met them because I mean I never felt that you know my life was in Memphis. Right. Tiptoeville was was just my hometown.
1: Right. But
2: my life was in Memphis. But you're you're absolutely right, man. I think because of my friendship with a couple of the other guys that I grew I graduated with, they were very open about their their. their and they and live thing.
0: in Memphis as well. They live so in Memphis. Like, like, yeah. Oh, if you moved to Memphis, you might be gay. Right. Well, it's you know, a new slogan for that. Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, and I'm pretty sure that
2: the other guys probably went home and told their family, "Oh yeah, you know, Terry's living in Memphis now." And that's so the word that. just kind yeah. of
1: gets around the piggly wiggly.
2: So yeah, so I really didn't need. I really didn't need a formal "I am gay" statement. They had kind of figured out their own. then.
1: did you have any clue that they kind of had known?
2: No. And and like I said, and Bobby told me, she said, she said we just told your Dad, that if he wanted you to be a part of our lives, he's going to have to somehow be accepting. And that was his way of accepting was to say, there's not, you know, anything you could do that would make me stop loving you. Which apparently is not the case with my older brother. <laughs> That's a story for another time.
1: Was, was your brother not accepting? I feel
2: like you he just touched on something. Uh, he, well, he was at first, you know, you, you know,
0: we've been home. Right. I, I think your brother puts up a good front and he knows what he should do, but that's not necessarily what he feels. Right.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: And the older he's gotten, the less he's decided he needs to put up a front.
1: Oh, yeah. he's got a little more right.
0: Yeah. Well, hold on. Everybody who gets older becomes that way. I know. Why is that? <laughs> it sucks. I can't <laughs> wait for it.
1: Well, I, I know. <laughs> Matt, you can hang
0: out with me. <laughs> He's got one foot in the door. He's there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all we're going to do is steal jams at IHOP, alright.
0: <laughs> so was there any support? Other? Uh, so were your friends in Memphis like your support group Yeah. to get through this and to figure it out? Yes. Were there any questions you had that you didn't feel comfortable asking them or a family member? I mean, was there any organizations at the time?
2: No. No, I mean, it's... So much, so much more support, public support out there now than it was back then. No, but I was very fortunate, uh, as I said, Walter, his partner, who I lived with for several months until I got uh, in my own place. They were great. I mean, they, they literally taught me a lot about the differences between dealing with uh, straight people and dealing with gay people. I mean, there there yeah, there were some there were some major. Well, what do they mean by this? And what? And there was a lot of the.
1: Like a big learning experience. It was a
2: huge learning curve, yeah.
0: I just side note: i probably cut this, but is this the couple who, uh, they were going to do windows, and you go, oh, yeah, I can help you with that. And
2: No, that was, uh, no, it was roommates later. I, I, I ended up living with a couple, and if you, if you ever saw the Waltons, they were like the Baldwin yes. sisters. <laughs> so I moved in with them. For example, they came in. They they had been out uh, antiquing, and they came home. And I was watching a football game on the television. And the one one of the guys goes, "What channel is that on?" I said, "That's on ESPN." And he goes, "Do we pay extra for that channel?" <laughs> so and then and so we They were great guys, and we had nothing in common. But they were great. They were they were really great guys. And one Friday night, I came home, and they were talking about they were going to do window treatments and i said oh i can help you with that and they said you can and i go yeah i said i had my grandma with those uh when i was a kid and they said okay you know they were giving me that strange look so then i said well yeah want to do that they said, we'll do it in the morning i said okay so i get up and they've got all this fabric on the table and I pick up the fabric, and I'm looking at it, I go, I said, is this what you're going to use? And they're like, yeah. And I, said, I said, this is not going to keep the cold out. And they go, what are you telling me? I said, well, isn't this what you're going to put outside the window? And they said, no, a window treatment is on the inside of the house. They said, what had you done? Oh, I said, I helped my grandma staple uh, plastic over her window during the winter to keep, it, keep the cold out. He said, that's not a window treatment. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so, anyway. So, um. I was a bad gay then, and now I'm a big gay. <laughs>
1: now I'm a big gay. Well, now you're a big city gay. <laughs> that's right. I'm a, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, your coming out was to your, uh, third fiancé. I love throwing the third in there. Um, uh, yeah. To your fiancé, and that, do you guys, are there any conversations now? I mean, Facebook, are you guys connected at all? Yes. Well, I mean, we
2: recently connected within the last year uh, on Facebook. But Do you think very...
1: it's because she was going through a divorce and maybe she's at that kind of, I don't know, nostalgic or I think when from what I understand from friends, when you get divorced, you kind of go back to those relationships that, that you have fond memories
2: of. Right. Well, I wouldn't say that we are very... Active with each other on Facebook there's not a lot of there's not a lot of messaging between us. You know, I've, I've reached out to her and told her I was sorry to hear about what was going on with her and her husband. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'll compliment about her kids and whatever. But she's been very, you know, asked. Uh, her mom and I are still on Facebook. And I love her mom. And um I'll, I'll talk a little bit about her mom. But she's been very, you know, she's um, she's, she's gone, gone through garden. a lot. Yeah. You know? and, uh, and she posts a lot of scripture on her Facebook page.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: I think she is, you know, has not, I mean, I, I guarantee you, though, if we ended up finding ourselves up in the same room or same restaurant or something like that, and we had a conversation, it would probably end up resulting in a few laughs. But.
0: So I know times are different, but if uh, if somebody was going through your—or you, what would you tell yourself, say, um, in college? If you had the ability to tell yourself something in college, what advice would you give? Wow. Um... Stay in contact with the uh, baseball player. Yeah,
1: no, I Have you I, looked him up on Facebook?
0: <laughs> oh, so okay. That's right. Really, that's a great.
2: So I was living in Memphis, and one day I ran into his ex-wife, who was the girlfriend he had in college when she, when he and I was fooling around, and she remembered. She so she gave me a big hug. I said, "I didn't know they had gotten. I didn't know they were married or divorced or whatever." I said, "Are you and him still together?" And she said, she goes, oh, she goes, you haven't heard. She goes, I go, no, what? She goes, well, she goes, we got married, but she goes, we got divorced. She goes, he has gone nuts. And apparently he had a mental breakdown. And I, I will tell you that part of me thinks it's from... Because they apparently still lived in one of, their, one of the small towns there in Tennessee, like Bradford or Trenton or something like that. But apparently they got married, and just the pressure of trying to be something that you're not, I can't help but think led to that. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, you know, he, he had a breakdown and just lost everything. Oh, that's too bad. But if I was tell if I was giving myself advice in college, I would—I guess—I would tell myself look past the stereotypes because that was the biggest hurdle for me. Was I had no desire to dress up as a girl, and, and I liked sports right. and those kind of things, and so that was was really sending conflicting messages because the only thing I had to go you by was
1: talent.
0: Exactly, exactly. So that, and then everybody. Who was gay then, gay, I'm doing air quotes, was effeminate and... Yeah. And you didn't relate, so you didn't think you were gay at the time. Right. Based on that. Right. Nowadays, we know all shapes and sizes, right?
2: Yeah. So, but back then in the 80s, the only thing you had to go by was what you saw on television or in the movies okay. or something like that. And they were all effeminate, didn't play sports, and didn't, you know, whatever. So, yeah.
0: Do you feel there's anything else uh, about the coming out story that you need to share or want to share?
2: No, I think I've probably talked enough.
0: <laughs> well, um, do you guys have any other questions? Todd? No, I don't,
1: I don't think so. I don't
0: think. Can somebody wake up Todd? No, I'm just kidding.
1: I think Todd might just be a little nervous, Matt. Well, that's fine. Cut that out, but. Yes. <laughs> no judging. Apparently <laughs> no no he did listen to you his asshole. own. <laughs> I'm here for you, sweetie. Thanks.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Well, be careful of that one. So uh, <laughs> 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 All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, you sharing your story with us, and thank you, Erica, for. And hosting. I think it's
1: interesting because, like, just for the listeners, I've known TC
0: twelve years. Twelve
1: years? Yeah. I did not know that.
0: I'm married to him. I didn't know several details that he revealed. I
1: know that we can talk about Miss Susie leaves the room. Oh I no, no, no! He
0: yeah, gonna have a conversation.
2: But <laughs> 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 well, yeah, well, yeah, it's just it's so
1: we'll still
0: talk about with another live. All right, thank you listeners for joining us for this episode and um, we'll
1: take
0: a break and we'll come back in a new time. Okay. Thank
1: you, um, Casey. Thank you. All right, take a break.
0: We'll that and the uh, to make You If you're looking for another great podcast, check out The Deeper End. It's hosted by Donna Rose and Diana Fronterhouse on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. find new and existing episodes wherever you get your podcasts like itunes or directly at the one more twitter instagram and facebook at outhouse podcast one even more sheesh we also have a closed facebook group where you can talk about the show and share in community got a story you want to share comments you can email us at the podcast at gmail.com No part may be reproduced without express written permission by the producers. All content copyrighted 2017, GNN Services, LLC.